Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. We are doing a series on things that we don't talk about. And way before today, you can go to the next slide, Liz. Um, I was given the topic about finishing well and how we how we go towards ending our life, actually. But we have lots of small finishings along the way. And so that's what I'd like to speak about this morning. And it's really interesting. I was walking with friends for a charity walk last weekend. And, um, and along the way, we pray for lots of people. And we were praying for Harry Greenland and his family. And uh, when I got home, I felt like the Lord said to me, Uh, When you speak next Sunday, Harry will be in heaven. So I have come with that already in my heart. So some of that has been processed. So I I bring that to you. It's beautiful. Libby and her daughter are here this morning. But I also want to acknowledge that we're all in different places as we sit here in this room together and that there are others of us who are grieving for many different reasons. And I want to acknowledge that. I also want to acknowledge the fact that some of us are incredibly joyful this morning, that we have celebrated someone's special birthday or um, a baby being born. So this is life, friends, and this is life as Christians in community. And and, um, I'm very aware that as I speak to you, in fact, I I am bringing to you the things that I've learned from you as we've done life with you and I've seen Christ in you and I've seen the Bible and the word of the Lord be real to you and you've blessed me. So I hope it will bless you back this morning. And this morning with the worship and the way we've already been together has been a type of a holding, hasn't it? A type of a being together, present and knowing that we're, we're going to take this wide angle view this morning from the very beginning to this finishing in this life to eternity. So I want us to together hold this wide angle view of everlasting to everlasting that talks about in Psalm 103. We are caught up from the day we are born into the everlasting of God as we give our hearts to him again and again and again. And I felt like the Lord was saying this morning, this is an incredible opportunity to realize the key that the Lord gave you as you gave your heart to faith in him and belief in him was not to something else out there, it's to your own heart so that you could unlock your own heart towards the Lord. And so again this morning we choose to open our hearts, to unlock our heart to the Lord and and we have all prayed that this morning would be a time when the Lord speaks to you specifically in the space you are this morning. So there are a couple of verses I'd like to read that I felt the Lord gave to me as I was preparing this quite a while ago. And the first is this. You know, as Paul was finishing up his ministry, these are the things that he wanted other people to think about. He had this analogy of running a race and of finishing well. That was really something that was very important to him and that he wanted others to understand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
Henceforth is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on the day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So that's what we're going to talk about. But there are lots of other small finishings along the way, and our attitude can be the same to all of them. I read recently about uh, an Olympic runner that you might have heard of as well. Stephen is his first name, and I'll try to say his second name, Akawari, from Tanzania. Uh, It was quite a while ago. In 68, he ran a marathon race in Mexico, sent from Tanzania, all those miles to run this race. And uh, you know what? He fell and he really significantly injured himself. Everyone else had finished the race. And as the other contestants are coming into the stadium that's full with this crowd, there's an announcement that he had fallen. But he got up and he kept running. And we're going to work with the crackle. <laughs> Come crackle with me. Um, anyway, this, this good man, Steve, had fallen, but they told the people in the stadium, as the others were coming in and finishing, he had fallen, but he was up and running again. And the crowd stayed. They stayed for hours. It was getting dark, and they stayed, and they waited. And finally, this good man, still injured, running his race, came into the stadium. Can you imagine it? And everyone cheered and applauded this man who'd come incredibly last. (laughs) And then the reporters were mystified, like, why didn't he just pull out? And this is what he said to them. My country, Tanzania, did not send me 7,000 miles to start the race. They sent me to finish. And you know what stood out to me in that story was this concept that we love starting things. We love winning things, don't we? But maybe our aim should be to finish well. In Hebrews 12, 1-2, it says, Therefore, since you and I have a great cloud of witnesses hanging out in the stadium of heaven, Let's set aside every weight and sin, anything that is clinging to you today, set it aside, even if it's clung closely, so that you and I can run with endurance the race that's set out for us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame And he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So, how do we live this life and how do we do our finish as well? To me, as uh, many of you know, that I did midwifery and I also did it intensive care <laughs> and they're very different but um, I've also I've had the privilege of being the first human being to lay hands on a new life and birth is really something to be there as the um, agony of birthing turns into the joy of receiving a baby is a real privilege 
and to silently pray for each of those babies out loud where I was allowed to was such, has been such a privilege. I've also had the privilege of being with some of you as you've said goodbye to people that you've loved, dearly and with other people at death. And uh, I find them to have remarkable similarities, birth and death. And I talk about them now with the language that other people have used for years gone by, but it's a threshold moment. Our, our finishings in this life become a threshold moment to something new. You finish being in the womb to have the threshold moment of entering the world. And you finish schooling to have the threshold to move into a bigger world. You, you finish life to... There's many finishings, aren't there, of work, of, of life, ultimately. And we step from that threshold into heaven. And I have learnt in those spaces... And you have helped me realise it as we've been in those spaces together. That they're thin spaces is the way some people describe them. Where there is this ability, it's just like this thin veil. And sometimes even that's stripped away. And we're so close to God and the angels and eternity that you don't ever actually want to leave that moment and come back to reality. It's, it's uh, to the life that we live. And it's Sometimes it's even difficult to explain to people what that's like. But it's a privilege to be there when we find it. These endings that we find in our life are incredibly spiritual. And to try and take that part away from them is a real mistake. However, I think in many aspects we have done that. In our society, the ending of school, retirement and other things has become planned and more worldly instead of describing the ending of childhood into adulthood as a spiritual thing, we now describe it as the time that you can vote, get your driving licence and drink. We don't always know how to navigate these small endings and these larger ones with the same spirituality that we maybe once carried as a culture. And I'd like us to stop and think about that again. Because if we learned how to do the small endings in life with spirituality and a faith in God, maybe we would be better prepared for the bigger ones. We have an ending every day as the sun sets and a new beginning every morning. We can practice every day how to finish well. So here are just some of the things that I would think about. The first one is finding meaning and... uh, There's a starfish picture somewhere up there to show you. It's really interesting how we ascribe meaning to the things that happen in our life. And like that story said, many people ascribe meaning to a type of winning that we're told makes life meaningful for us. However, you and I as people of faith know that there's a much deeper meaning that we can carry that actually outdoes all the endings that we will experience and carry us through the whole way of life. So my life story, and we're all writing our life stories, and we're all ascribing meaning and purpose, and we're all listening to someone to tell us how to do that. But if you're listening to Jesus, then he would be telling you the main undergirding 
reality and meaning that you could live with if you would choose it is this race, this, this race that's been marked out for us that is about him. It's about us being his kids and nothing else really defines who they are. And I'm not going to be naive enough to say to you that the things that we do don't then get tied up with our identity, because they do. I, I love God and I love people, and certainly my identity has been tied up in being a midwife. Otherwise, why would I say to people when they say, you know, what do you do? I rarely say I'm a child of God when people ask me that. So therefore, you know, to say that I've been a midwife, to say I've been a pastor is part of who I identify with being and how I see myself as making a meaningful contribution to this life. But I want to, I want to work more on it being, being more significant than those things is the fact that I'm living as a child of God. I still have... I'm still learning. So I'm not actually saying to you that I've got it all together, but I know this is important because I recognise that we have these moments of crisis and we lose our way and I've watched people wobble when they've been made redundant or retired and I'm like, or changed career path. And I wonder at that and I think... Is there another way to do it where, the, where we could undergird our life so strongly with the reality and the meaning of who Christ is to us that we wouldn't wobble in that same way, we wouldn't find ourselves adrift, that we would still find ourselves anchored into eternity in heaven? Retiring is not a finishing line. You are still on the race, and the race that you have been called to, you and I, is this. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not grow weary from doing good, for in the right season you'll reap a harvest. But you can't reap a harvest if you're not planted. And we have these little trees up at Gloucester and that we've, we've got a little place in the country and they have borne a lot of fruit despite us. We're not even there to look after them and tend them. So it's extraordinary to me that I get all these lines and lemons and can give them out to everyone. It's wonderful. But I feel like the Lord said to me through that, you know, the only way they get to do that is because they are deeply rooted and there's water running down under here and that's what's meaning that they bear fruit. And in Revelation it says, you know, there's going to be a tree of life that's there bearing fruit for healing for the nations. But how is that going to work if we are not if we're not planted and well-rooted in Christ, how can that fruit be anything of meaning? Uh, someone has recently taken to sending messages, and I know she calls other people the beloved of God as well. It's not just me. But you know what? It's meant a lot to me because um, it made me look at that word again more deeply to realise what beloved of the Lord means. And we are, we are loved by the Lord individually. But when that word beloved was used, it was actually used to say, when you turn up and you're in community and you're in family together, you are beloved. So it's linked not with being a single believer of the Lord. It's linked with knowing that we sit here together, one in spirit, in a way that is really precious to the Lord, that he looks and goes, these are my beloved. We are beloved of the Lord collectively this morning. 
One of the things I think is really difficult is not... Um, it's not actually the actual finishing of things. It's whether we're going to become irrelevant. And I, I know it in myself. A lot of my roles in life have finished. My mum and dad are in heaven. No one calls me a daughter anymore. My role as a carer for my mum as she became older and had Alzheimer's is gone. The nurturing job of being a mother for my children is finished predominantly. I'll always love them. But it's predominantly finished because now they're adults. And there are many other roles that have ended or are in the process of ending for me. And I have to ask myself, am I going to be irrelevant? And if the legacy that I wanted to leave was about how relevant I am, then that would be the most important question to ask. If I wanted to receive some award at the end of the day for the work that I had done, then that would be really devastating for me, not to be able to hold some sort of relevance. And there'll be a time where our name's not known here, and I've, I remember saying to people in the past, I don't want my name to appear on some plaque on a chair or on a wall somewhere. I, I, I don't really... That doesn't appeal to me. But a legacy of leaving love within other people does. And if the name of Christ is remembered, then that's important to me. And I hope I can hold to that. If we go on, there's another slide. Maybe. Oh, it's stuck. So I have a slide somewhere that might appear that's kind of... It's of this young person with an older person. They're both pulling really silly faces. So, um, and I was going to read this to you at the same time. Vulnerable love is this. And Henry Nguyen says, The Christian leaders of the future are called to be completely irrelevant, to stand in this world with nothing to offer but his or her vulnerable self. And it's... Um, Grief makes us quite vulnerable. vulnerable. Considering our final ending in life, our death makes us quite vulnerable. But this is a place where we can be that together and that we can call each other to a greater relevance of investing love and the love of Christ into others. Ending well is really a sacred experience. It's trying to remember what we could give to others to help them in those endings. What could it mean for you to help your children? Think about how to end a year well at school. Who to thank, how to finish that off, how to help them to learn that when they're leaving a place, when something's finishing, like a function or a party, to go and actually thank someone and finish well how could you help them to finish well in a relationship that's not going to last, where it's been a first flush of young love, instead of just walking away and never speaking to that person again? How could you help them to think about the other places that they're involved when they have lessons with someone? You know, so a teacher recently told me they realised their student wasn't going to turn up again because they just didn't turn up. 
And that didn't sound like a finishing well to me. And how do we show our children, how do we show each other that we're willing to finish well in other places? How do we thank our life group leaders for what they've invested over a year? How do we thank our pastors? How do we, um, if we decide to leave a church, how do we leave well? What does that look like for you? I think if we're willing to start thinking about our endings now, then we are willing to look at our vulnerability in a new way, then we might discover that we actually need a great more deal of grace and it would draw us to us as we did earlier, asking the Lord in our vulnerable place, small and low, to help us. And that could be the thing that helps shape us, shape our endings so that they're not so sharp and rough and bitter towards other people. I have learnt from you, my friends, that it's best to remain curious, that endings with new beginnings have questions. Not all of them we can answer, but if we stay curious and trusting like a child, God can lead us through them. We can be vulnerable and kind to each other and kind to ourselves. Accepting the vulnerability also means that we, we recognise that this is spiritual work. It really is spiritual work. And it's something that we have to give ourselves to if we're going to do it well. Here are the things that I have helped other people as they're dying to do. And I think it's something that I try and do in other ways, even at the end of, my, of the days. And I think it came from an understanding when my... Um, I'm not... Here we go. When my dad was diagnosed with a brain tumour, he was given three years left to live and I was just finishing high school at the time and he lived for many years. It was a mercy of God. He saw both his girls married, met his grandkids and uh, it was incredible actually. It was quite a gift. But at that point, we made a decision as a family to end each day being sure that we had thanked each other that we had said we loved each other, that if there was anything that we felt we hadn't forgiven each other for, we would do it, and that we would bless each other for that night. And uh, we pretty much did that. We made an effort to do that. We ended each phone call that way when we lived apart. And I thought, they sound like really simple things, but they're actually quite spiritual. Thanking someone... Thanking God, Psalm 107 talks about taking time to give thanks to the Lord, to remember that he's, a, he's good and that his love endures forever. Thanking others. We're, um, one of the draws of living in our subculture is that it becomes very, very important to be busy. If you're busy, you're important, in case you didn't know. And I'm realising that part of my move towards being completely irrelevant is that I don't want to be as task-orientated anymore, that I want to move towards people rather than tasks. And in doing that, I'm finding that I have time to thank people in a different way, to sit with them, to pray with them, and to thank them. I thank my God every time I remember you, it says in Philippians. And all my prayers for all of you. And I certainly do that. I'm really, really thankful to be a part of this church community. 
really thankful that we're here together today. In Ephesians it says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I've never stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And so even taking those scriptures and praying it for us feels really precious to me. It feels like a gift that God has given me to, in my own quiet way, even if I can't see you at the end of the day, to thank you personally, I can thank you in my prayer. I love you is something I say a lot. I've been um, told that now it's socially inappropriate for pastors to say to people that you love them, but I guess that's another way I'm going to remain irrelevant. So um, I think you can say it, you can prime try, you can live it. And God spent a lot of time trying to let us know that he loved us. And to use those words and not put them aside and redefine them, it's winning back a language that's God's language that has a meaning to it that is pure and beautiful and can be used correctly. In 1 John 4 it says, Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. In this way love is made complete among us. Let's make the Lord's love complete. Forgive me, asking people to forgive me, accepting that I have made a contribution where there's been a conflict or something that's difficult. Most of this I need to ask of my husband and uh, those who are nearest and dearest to me because they're the ones I seem to hurt the most. And perhaps that's the same for you. It's vulnerable to take on these spiritual things. And I forgive you. Forgiving and accepting God's forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that we'll be reconciled with that person, but it is relational. And it's really important. It's important to offer it. And uh, even though I haven't always done that well, it's my heart's desire that I would reach out with the sense of forgiveness to others. Because God's forgiven me and we know it, but I don't want to say it's an easy thing to do. Um, there's a little saying that says that when you don't forgive someone, you're really drinking the poison you wish they would take. So it's hurting you more than them in the long term, which is true, but I also want to say to you to forgive isn't easy either. And um, forgiving can mean forgiving again and again and again and again. And it's sacrificial, and if you didn't love them, and if it didn't matter, it wouldn't hurt as much. That's all I know. The word goodbye, if you haven't noticed, is slipping away from our conversation very quickly. Did you know it originally was a shortening of a blessing? Conversation bless you. And how often do you now finish a conversation with someone, a letter that you're sending, an email? We don't even put our names on messages anymore. How often do you feel that you are blessing someone as you're leaving a space with them? God be with you. God bless you. It's one of the most important things that we can gift people when they're leaving this world. And I have been with people who are dying, and it's incredible. They will hold on. Somehow, unconscious, dying, their organs failing, 
until a child or someone, they want to hear those words from those release. They will wait until they're there and they hear it and then they're gone. So I just know that spiritual work of goodbye is very, very important and I'd encourage you to remember that and to hold it in your heart. It doesn't mean that you have to be there at the last moment with someone. Um, but our goodbyes can come in different ways at different times. And you will know if you've given that. And I think sometimes for us it's important. And those goodbyes come long after someone has passed away. But there's still an important part of it and a release for us. So... It's not the lightest topic that we've spoken about, but I wonder if any of those thoughts have sat with you as we've thought about running our own race, as we've held this big, long view and knowing that we are heading, friends, towards eternity and into the, literally into the arms of our Heavenly Father. And I hope and pray that some of these wonderful, wonderful things that you have taught me that I now give to you would be a gift to your spirit this morning. I want to thank you for being a community that can come together and that can hold great joy and great grief at the same time, who can sit together in this room and, and love each other as we have the great compassion and, um, and cry together as we have this morning and we'll laugh as we have morning tea together, I'm sure, but I would like to pray for us and I recognise that our time is short but if there's something that specifically touched your heart and you would like someone to specifically pray with you this morning, please come forward. It's an opportunity to give our hearts to God again. Why would we miss it? So shall we stand and I'll pray? Lord Jesus, we want to thank you this morning that you have given us this strange gift of life and that we get to run a race we long to do the race the path that you've set out before us lord we long that we would keep our eyes fixed on jesus our author and a perfecter of our faith and that in all the small finishings and finally in the end finishing when we leave this world lord that we would do it in a way that brings glory to you that people would remember that we loved you and that love would remain as a legacy in other people's hearts and it would go on. We want your name to be remembered, Jesus, through all generations. So, Lord, we lift our own lives to you. We lift our friends this morning who are suffering amongst us to you. We ask for your hand of compassion to be upon them. We lift our friends who are incredibly joyful and celebrating this morning. And we thank you that in the same breath, in these threshold moments of life and death, we are vulnerable fearful of being irrelevant, but always knowing that our life counts and matters in you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So if you would like to stay, sometimes it's just great to be quiet and stay. Please stay. If you want to go and pick up your kids and have a coffee now, please do. And if you would like someone to pray for you, then please come forward.